verse 28. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. It came to pass that when he was come nigh to Bethpage in Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village over against you, and which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never a man set. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. Boy, that's good, isn't it? Amen. I'm glad that God needs us. God, God could have chosen to use any medium to communicate the message of the gospel, but he chose people. Amen. He used the donkey in Balaam's case to communicate. He used a rooster for Peter. He could have wrote on the wall. But he chose mankind. Amen. Look up in here. That ought, to, that ought to bring a little warmth to you. That God and his sovereign plan for the, for the universe, he decided I want to use man. I got need of this donkey. The Bible said, and they that were sent went their way and they found even as he said unto them. Now let me say young people, you can always count on it just like Jesus said. I don't care how much fear precedes the will of God. Hey, I'm telling you, from the gutter to the ground, it's a long jump. But as soon as you hit the ground, that's where, that's where you can trust Him. Now understand, there may be some doubt in obedience, but obey anyway. You, you'll get peace once you hit the ground. Y'all understand, is that making sense to anybody? Just trust Him. You get there, you're going to find a colt tied. Amen. I'm going to get to preaching if you all pray for me. And verse 33, as they was loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their garments in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, By the way, there will always be some Pharisees among the multitude. There always be Pharisees among the multitude. Every time you find a multitude, you find some Pharisees in this passage. Hey, man! And the Bible said in verse 40, And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. You can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for the privilege that I have tonight. Lord, you know my burden for young people. You gave me my burden for young people. Lord, I, I don't want to cast my pearls before swine and waste truth on a generation who's already made their mind up which way they're going. And how valuable I, I sense this opportunity you've given me tonight. I pray God Almighty that these pearls that we would present to this congregation, sweet Jesus, would be valued. And I pray God Almighty, Holy Spirit, that you would work within the hearts of every listener. These aged men of God that are present, the laymen who've been in the way for many years, as well as the teenager who's here. I pray God Almighty you'd... Make the heart of the listener fertile ground tonight. And I pray when we leave this building, we'll be more excited about serving you than we came in the doors. 
Now, I realize that there would be easy distractions here, but I pray that you would help me supernaturally to communicate. And Lord, let us be mature-minded as we look into your Word and try to draw truth and make application for this day. Help us in this 21st century Christendom, these last hours of this Laodicean time. We look for a soon return. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. You find within this text the story of this donkey. And no doubt about it, and I want to draw your attention to it, underscore it, the Bible said in verse 35 that they set Jesus thereon. This is one of the Gospels that are synoptic. Each of the Gospels record this story. And every single one of them accurately depict Jesus Christ sitting on this donkey. Now you know who Jesus is, don't you? Jesus is God. Amen. We're a Trinitarian. We believe in God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Young people, Jesus is co-equal and co-existent with God. Now don't get nervous. I'm nervous today. I'm bothered by some of our educators in Christendom who want to, who give the Holy Ghost this title, the third person of the Godhead. And they play down his role like he's some kind of a, a outsider that he don't fit in. Well, let me tell you, there's no jealousy in the Godhead. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost, they're co-equal, they're co-existent. You understand that? Jesus, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. The Bible said in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Bible said the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Amen. Don't get excited. I'm just talking about the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, if you if you don't get anything tonight besides this, bless God, He ain't a God. He is God. He's not an option. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 10, 9, He said, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, said he shall be saved. And go in and out and find pastures. Hey, I want to tell you something. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Amen. He's not an option. He's not a God. He's the true and living God. He's God. So we established Jesus is who? God. God. Everybody got that? And he sat on the donkey. So we must establish fact number two. That donkey had God on him. Let's just be honest. That donkey had God all over him. Now we're familiar with that kind of talk. And there's a difference between the crowd that's got God on them and the crowd that doesn't. And let me just stop right here and say you can't have it both ways. Young people, you can't what? You can't. 
the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's a crowd that's got God on them, and there's a crowd that ain't got God on them. Was recently, not long ago, we had a performer come. We have groups come in. I don't. I'm not suggesting you do. We just do it as Christian entertainment. Some of them know something about worship. Some of them don't. But some of them are entertainers, and and it's good. We have some professional groups. And as long as you know the difference between worship and entertainment. Somebody help me. You, you, can, you can have some of that. We had one one Sunday morning come, parked his big bus out. Got in. He had his all set up and wires and knew how to shake the cord. He could read the notes. He could hit the high ones. He had his accompaniment ready. Y'all listening? And he sang a good song with good lyrics. And it was good. And we even said, Amen. Nodded our head. And he sat down. He was smiling. Boy, he really enjoyed himself. And he said, Man, I'll tell you what, y'all's church is easy to sing to, boy. I mean, they said, Amen. They nodded their head. And everybody, two or three, had their hands up on it. And he performed and he did a good job. But I noticed in the back, and Brother Brian's here to testify to the reality of this, the Henderson Trio showed up. They had just walked in the service. And I said, Sister Patsy, would you come down here a minute? I want you and the girls to sing one before I preach. With all due respect, they came down, blue jean skirts on, white tennis shoes, kids. Everybody listening? Had them nurses' shirts on. Everybody okay? Don't get nervous now. And I, I said, Sister Patsy, y'all sing one before I preach. And she got down there, no accompaniment, no cords to shake, no tapes to sell, no personal agenda. And she just stepped from the center. That little afflicted daughter on one side, that tall daughter on the other side, Sister Patsy just stepped towards the crowd. And she said, There's not a friend like the Holy Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No one else could heal all our souls. fell in that place. I'm talking about people started coming to the altar, what, what those Yankees call a spontaneous altar call when they describe our kind of worship. I mean, they got to come into the altar spontaneously. And I mean, they begin to shout all over that building. Are y'all listening to me? And I looked over at the performer and the performer was scratching his head. I could see it all over his face. What's, what about these people? I can tell you about these people. They had God on them. I've seen orators who would come to a conference, a meeting. 
spiritual politicians scratching one another's back trying to say things so they can get accepted. Ladder climbers. Oh, God makes me want to vomit. God help. And, and they would quote a poem and, and, and father, father, father. Couldn't say father. They said father. Amen. And I've seen unlearned men walk behind a pulpit. No structured outline. I tell you, praise God, it's good to be saved. That's right, amen. Hallelujah to God. I say praise God. I tell you, hallelujah to God tonight. I'm glad he found me where I was at, amen. And I'm talking about getting to preaching. Could barely read English. Didn't know if it was Philistines or Philistines. And God's power get on them. The orator had the outline and the structure and the sermon. But the preacher had the message. Now, young people, we got enough performers. We got enough politicians. Well, we need some powerful Christians. This day, this day calls, this day and hour, which this lay out of sea and time, it calls for some Christians that's got God on them. I'll preach for the next two and a half hours on that subject, how to get God on Notice, first of all, you'll find in this text one of the accounts of this story. The Bible said, when you disciples go, it said you're going to find an ass and a colt tied. What that does, that, 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 that specifies that this donkey was alive. It had a mama. That ass was his mama. Since you're going to find an ass and a colt, this colt's that, that ass's baby. You're going to find them two tied. Let's establish this tonight. Hey, God ain't going to get on no dead donkeys. Amen. God don't get on dead donkeys. This donkey was alive, bless God. I mean, he was breathing air. I mean, he was walking around. He had some evidences that he was alive, my friend. I mean, he wasn't laid on bad. They had to walk up with a stick. Had to poke him in the side and say, get up here, horse. I mean, that donkey was standing at attention. I mean, he was right there by his mammy. I mean, he had some life about him. I submit to you on the authority of God's Word. He ain't getting on no dead donkeys. Amen. Life starts with redemption. The Levitical teachings, the Old Testament law said the firstling of an ass was to die. That colt, that firstling of an ass was to die. You to break its neck. Unless it was bought. Unless it's been redeemed. 
Amen. God don't get on no donkeys unless they've been redeemed. Amen. I tell you, it was 2,000 years ago Jesus Christ died on a cross. I'm telling you, he bore all my sin and shame. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. Have we turned everyone to his own way? But the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, it's good news from a far country that Jesus Christ is still passing by. Hey, you want God on you tonight? What you need to do is get saved by the grace of God. Get resurrected from the dead. Get passed from death unto life. It takes redemption, bless God, to have life. God don't get on dead donkeys. It's a picture of relation. If he had a mama, he had a daddy. You don't get colts without a jack and a genet. Thank God for the relationship I have in Christ. Young people, you start about who you know. It ain't about where you've been. Amen. It's about where you're going. We have a relationship with God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Have thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We have a relationship. They ain't no life without a relationship. Amen. Amen. A relationship. It took a mama and a daddy. Amen. Sad in such a world of illegitimacy. But nonetheless, you had a daddy. Well, I believe that word of God is my mama. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I know who my daddy is. And when God the Holy Ghost began to work, as that Word of God was preached, a divine relationship was birthed in me. And I'm going to tell you, God don't get on no dead donkeys. Amen. God don't get on no dead donkeys. There has to be redemption. Hey, life starts with redemption. Hey, life continues with relationship. Let me say this. And life will not be. It's impossible to have life without a realization. And I'm not trying to confuse you tonight, but I'm worried. John R. I. said his biggest fear of 20th century. Y'all look up here, Hoss. Right up here is where it's happening. Don't worry about that. Hey, right up here. Everybody listening? His biggest fear of 20th century conversions was conversion without conviction. Brother Mark Stroud and I were preaching in Tennessee. Oh, back two years ago, they had 250 Christian school students there. Everybody there was paid to get there or paid to come. Y'all understand? I mean, everybody there was graduates of Bible colleges. I'm not talking about liberal. I'm talking about 
Baptist Bible colleges, fundamental Baptist churches and Bible colleges. The teachers in the school, the principals, the staff. First night I was preaching. Y'all working it listed? Y'all listen to me now because I'm going to embarrass you if you don't listen to me. I'll embarrass you preachers if y'all talk while I'm preaching, bless God. Amen. Everybody listening? Hey, I'm preaching now. Preach. Hey, Mark ain't preaching. I'm preaching now, bless God. Hey, look up here. Y'all tweeting and texting. I'll come back here and help you, praise God. You, you'll, be, you'll be seeing tweeters when you leave out of here. Look up in here. Look up in here. But I was preaching first night. I, I mean, I ain't been five minutes into the message. And I said, how many of y'all remember when you, when you got under conviction? And Brother Mark shot his hand up. And, I, you know, nobody, they, they, the teenagers went. I'm not making this up. Brother Mark was there. 250 something. I, I said, and I thought I'd said, see how you say sometime, old Noah, bless God, in the belly of that well, and Jonah was on that ark. You know, y'all don't even know the difference. <laughs> I said it to the preacher. I messed up on that. I said, I've said this backwards. I didn't make sense right here. So I, I restated it. I said, how many of y'all remember when God began to work in your heart? For you got saved, those nights of misery, that drawing of God. How many remember when God began to, and, and they still, finally I looked at the pastor, he raised his hand, Brother Mark raised his hand, I raised my hand, and one, one of the counselors raised their hand. I'm not making this up. Mark, if I'm telling the truth, stand up loud where they can hear you. Okay, you can sit down now, I'm preaching. You got to watch Mark, he'll take over in the middle of a mess, you bless God. Our people, he, he was at teen camp meeting. They said, man, why was Mark so quiet? I said, I told him I was moderating this thing. Bless God. <laughs> Listen, watch this. Hey! I turned to that preacher and I said, what you want me to do now? Because if I was, and I don't believe in talking people out of being saved. I don't believe all that. If you thud this after you saved, you ain't never been saved. All that kind of foolishness. Somebody help me. And all that, trying to get them to recap eight or ten times. And I don't know if I said the right, did I really mean it? And all that kind of talk. I don't believe in all that kind of junk. But I knew I was fixed to be criticized one way or another. If I didn't preach the gospel, I was going to be criticized for not preaching. If I did preach, well, he's trying to get all of us out, trying to make all these kids love. I'm going to tell you, it's a sad day. When most, most, most Christian school kids don't ever cry except when they get caught doing something wrong. Is everybody listening? When there's no realization to this thing. I'm saying there was a realization for me before I got saved. Hey, y'all listen, I knew I was on my way to hell. I, I knew I was lost and undone. Nobody had to tell me about it. I already knew I was lost. I mean, those preachers would preach. Those singers would sing. Hey, condemnation come over me. And conviction come over me. I knew something was wrong with me. And let me tell you, the night I got saved, nobody Nobody had to tell me that I got saved. I knew I got saved. It bothers me. Somebody come to the altar and be, Now the Lord saved you, ma'am. The Lord saved you, didn't He? You, you did get saved. Got cue cards. Say yes here. Had a woman not too long ago going to join our church here and her husband. We do it different. I just I said, I'm opening the doors to the church. If you want to join, say so. 
lady and husband in the back said, we're going to join a church. I said, I said, ma'am, have you been saved? She said, I was saved all my life. Been saved all my life. I said, come on down to the altar. Ladies, deal with her. See, she ain't got a realization. Ain't nobody been saved all their life. You was of your father the devil before you get... Anybody get saved, won't that? If you're a Christian, you won't say, I've been saved all my life. I, I've been Christian all my life. My hind leg, you've been a Christian all your life. You was dead in your trespasses and sins. That Bible said you, happy quickened, who was dead, had your trespasses and sins. Ain't nobody ever been saved all their life. I said, she'll let somebody deal with her. Y'all listening? I'm talking about a realization. And when you get saved, you ain't got to ask your mama either. I was at a Bible college in California preaching. That's when they was, what you call it, when they're enrolling everybody, signing them up. What do you call that when you school to signing everybody up? Signing everybody up. <laughs> Registering. I was out in the parking lot. Look up here, it's serious business. And this little this teenage boy been to Bible, been to Christian school all 12 years. It's K, K, whatever, to 12th. Whited sepulcher. And, 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 I, and the Holy Ghost had to tell me, son, it had to be the Holy Ghost to tell me to do it. He said, go up there and ask that boy when to get saved. I walked up to that boy and I said, son, he's got all of his books and they're signing, got his Bibles. Before I, he said, would you sign my Bible? I said, wait a minute. I said, when did you get saved? He looked at his mom and said, now, mama, when did I get saved? It's a sad day when you've got to ask your mammy when you got saved. Hey, I don't put much stock in a conversion when you've got to ask somebody when you got saved. Something big is being resurrected from the dead. Something big is being passed from death unto life. Something big is being regenerated and born from above. Hey, I'm telling you, being, being engaged to marry, being adopted into a family, being engrafted in like a wild olive branch, something big is being born again. Have you got to ask somebody, hey, when did I get saved? Look up here. Everybody's got a place. Everybody got saved somewhere. You may not know it. Dry and flake off, big boy. Hey, I'm talking about you may not know the very hour, but you'll know where it was when you got saved by grace. There'll be a realization, it'll be real to you. God, don't get on dead donkeys. Hey, man. You don't got on you, you'll have to have life. You don't got on, you have to be loosed. That's the evident right there. Loose him. You'll find a colt tied. Boy, I'm looking at some tonight. What you tied to? Well, you tied to public's evaluation. What will people think about me? The fear of man's a snare. We're, li we're living poor people's worried about what a boy's going to think about him. Girls and what a girls wonder what a, a boy's going what a girl's going to think about him. You tied to public's evaluation. Paul said we labor, whether absent or present, that we may be accepted of Him. Amen. Who's acceptance do you want? Yeah. 
You're tied. You better be, God ain't going to get on no donkey that's tied to public evaluation. God ain't going to get on no donkey that's tied to personal entanglements. Well, I, I'd love to do something for God and everything, but I'm from a broken home. Some of you adults had a messed up first marriage. Look up in here. And Pharisees, first thing the Pharisee asked, if this woman was married to this man, 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 man whose wife she going to be? Don't get mad. There's, there's qualifications for pastors. Don't let I'm not trying to pastor your church. But look up in here. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. There's qualifications for offices. And it's just say, well, you for that kind of stuff. I, I, listen, I don't have time to go do CIA investigations. The Lord's open to me. I don't call. Some of these camp meetings, you walk on the ground, they come running up. How many times have you been married? I'm saying, dude, one, and I guarantee it'll be the only one. The average life sentence is 16 years. I've been married for 22. Look up in here. I'm working on two life sentences right now. Is everybody listening? What I, I'm not, look at me. I'm not trying to make light of a wrecked home. You don't wreck yours. I'm saying to you, sometimes those personal entanglements, some of you girls hadn't lived so pure. And the devil haunts you. You're tied. He's got you. The devil's got you tied to the hitching post. He's got you tied to the hitching post of a personal entanglement. And your past haunts you. And every time you step out and do something for God, the rope catches a halt. You take two or three steps, get your neck jerked back in your past. Your past keeps jerking your neck back. 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 Your your neck back. Hey, God can't get on a donkey. It's tied to the hitching post of personal entanglement. You better get over it. If God can forgive you and forget it, bless God, you better learn. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. How did Paul live with such guilt on him? Let me hold that coat for you. Y'all stone that Holy Ghost, first Holy Ghost filled deacon. Let me have your coat, sir, while you stone that Holy Ghost filled deacon. Let me have that coat. You've got to help me, sir. Hallelujah. Don't act like a Christian school student, sir. you got to go tell your mama, he's picking on me. My, te my teacher's picking on me. Everybody okay? Yes. Watch this. Let me hold him coats while you stone Steve. He'd go to bed at night. Yeah. One theologian said old Timothy might have been, might have had a, might have had a daddy. You don't read about him. You read he was a Greek, Grecian. They said, wonder, wonder maybe his daddy was a good deacon, and they stoned him because all the talk about Lois and Eunice and his past haunted him. But Paul said, forgetting those things which are about, if he let them, if he let them personal entanglements mess with him. He had never done anything for God. These devils got you tied. Hey, you got to get loosed. You got to get loose from previous encounters. Stay tuned. If I had been David, every time I'd have gotten a meet, I'd say, "Could I say a word for the Lord?" They'd say, "Go ahead, David." 
Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! I was out thunder in the valley of Elah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that giant come out that's right. Hallelujah to God. He's a big old thing. I mean, he was mean. He was a champion of the Philistines. Y'all remember that, don't you? Yeah. Amen, amen. I took five stones, bless God. Smooth stones from the brook. I put one of them in there. I mean, I ride by, and I never got over that story. Yeah. I've been stopping people on the road. Hey! Did y'all hear about that giant? Some of you are tired tonight. Well, I remember when that one time I put my stick in the fire camp. I gave my life to the Lord. And you ain't done nothing since. I put my stick in the fire at the camp and everything. Ain't hit a lick since. I made my mind up. I'm going to Bible college. He ain't going to get on no donkey if he ain't loose. He don't get on dead donkeys. He don't get on tired donkeys. Everybody listening? The Bible says that they led him to Jesus. God ain't going to get on you till you can be led. He's untamed. Never a man set on him. But if God can't lead you, if you can't follow leadership, God ain't going to get on a rebellious teenager. I got one in our church. He's done gone Calvinistic. He went three more. He was in the Timothy Club of our church, led a Timothy Club. He's done gone NIV and Calvinistic and everything over a girlfriend. Y'all listen. His whole family's out of church tonight. I'm talking about one of the best alto singers you ever heard in your life. Sound like Vestal Goodman. I ain't lying to you. God knows. They out of church tonight because one, he can't he can't fall under the leadership. And the power of God's off of him. Don't get mad. I'm going to say a few things strong if it's okay. And if it ain't, I'm going to say it anyway because I got my own car and I got a rifle in the car. Look up in here. <laughs> You get in this false doctrine, false doctrine. I know people that have committed suicide because they got that false doctrine. Two pearl-handled pistols. Eat up with that Calvinism. Families have been lost. Families destroyed. You get in that false doctrine. Don't you look at me hard like it's something new. I'm going to preach it, bless God. You don't intimidate me with all your knowledge. Look up in here. Every one of those texts that deal with election and all that, every one of those texts that look up in here that, that deal, hey, I'm, every one of them that deal with predestination, deal with a predetermined service. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, not that you should go to heaven or hell. Hey, what about that? Hey, the Bible said, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, not unto heaven or hell. It's preaching time. I don't mean to get so deep. I'm not trying to confuse anybody. But I'm telling you, you think you know more than your preacher. Look up in here, Hoss Daddy. God ain't getting on you. God will get off of you if He was on you. If you can't be led down the 
street of Jerusalem, God ain't getting on you. I can hear that donkey didn't back talk to people, back talk to them. I, look who he sent up here to get us two of these old cigarette smoking disciples. I'm better than they are. Just follow leadership. Don't go to don't go to looking in their ashtray. Just follow leadership. I'm not condoning that. But some of the greatest preachers I've ever known in North Carolina chewed tobacco. I'm not condoning. I'm against it. What you better do is quit trying to fix everybody and follow leadership. God ain't getting on their donkey. God ain't getting on no donkeys. It won't be loud. You know more. They were led. I thought about being led. Jot this down. They were led unaccompanied. Some of these teens. I just I used to serve Lord and everything with my best friend. She goes to a liberal church. My best friend, they have praise and worship. My best friend's church, they have cell groups, they have small groups. And you gotta have, you always gotta have a crowd. This preaches for preachers too. Some of these politician preachers, I'm saying, wanting to vomit on. Hey, they've always got to have a crowd with them. They got to be in somebody's group. They got to be in somebody's group, some fellowship, some college approval, some papers approval. They got to have that crowd. I don't see that donkey saying, now, I, I can't go if Mama don't go with me. See, Jesus didn't get on the ass. He got on the coat. He used the younger generation too, by the way. And let me say something to you young people. You may be unaccompanied in this next generation to come, but don't you quit letting the Lord lead you. We may, I, I, I quit preaching. I don't even, I don't even, I, I don't even go. I mean, I will, but I don't find much joy in preaching to a preacher over 45 that ain't already old fashioned. Cause I can't turn him around. He's already made up his mind. He's in the, he's, he's a ladder climber. They gotta have a crowd. They gotta have somebody to go with them. I don't see that. No, he went unaccompanied. He didn't have. He oh, he didn't say. Now where's where's the Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard about that old farmer up here in Western North Carolina? He had a broke mule. I mean, the best. Worked his tobacco with it for years. Slow walking along. You walk along. If it covered, if dirt covered plenty, he just keep it over. It was just perfect mule. And a farmer across town wanted to try that mule. Y'all listening? Everybody watch this now. Everything's fine. He said, I'd like to try a mule. I want to buy. I need a mule. That fella said, well, you can try my mule. He said, meet me up here after lunch. He met him up there. And sure enough, he's in that tobacco patch working that tobacco. He'd get in the row. He said, wool Bob, wool Pete, come around here. He'd go back down the next row. That double shovel, that old little plow up right close to the tobacco and that middle buster back there behind it. He'd get in the row. He'd say, whoa, Bob, whoa, Pete, come around here. Get up, Bob, get up, Pete. Come back down, work perfectly. That other farmer said, man, I'd like to buy you a mule. I'm going to buy you a mule, but I, the way I understand you keep saying Bob and Pete, what's his name? He said, well, his name's Bob. But he said, if he thinks he's the only mule in the field, he won't work a lick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Blaisboro Baptist Church members I pastor, if they don't have somebody to sit with them, if they don't have a friend to stand by in the choir, I've made it a new rule in our choir. I made it a new rule starting tonight. God, just show me. Ain't nobody sitting by the same person. I'm going to walk up there and say, you move, and you move over here, and you get away from her, and you sit over on this side, and you get over here, and I don't want y'all rub it up like you, because you can't. Hey, they can't do nothing without somebody holding their hand. He led him unaccompanied. He led him unaccompanied by people. He led him unaccompanied by a partner. He led him to an unaccustomed place. This is an unbroke donkey. Is everybody still okay? Do you want me to finish this thing or just quit? That's long now. All right, here we go. (laughs) Unaccompanied. Unaccustomed. Let me say this about him. He led him in a role that was unappreciated. He's going to exalt Christ. He's on the bottom. Everybody's got to get something anymore. Everybody has to get something to come to church. And I'm, I'm for promotion. I'd give a bicycle away a funeral if I thought he'd keep somebody out of hell. You understand? Jesus was for promotion. He fed 5,000 with a fish fry. So don't, don't start on me about that. But now hear me and hear me well. All that got to get something to come. Got, got to be a pre- But he didn't say anything about me. I don't see anywhere... After Jesus got on this donkey, he's mentioned again. He rode me all the way into Jerusalem and everything and never did say one thing about my bloodline. I'm out of the champion genet by the champion jack of the state of Tennessee and he didn't say one thing about the length of my ears. You know, you young people need to be led. You need to be led where nobody will see you sometime. I mean in the back of the choir. Amen. Oh, I got so many things I want to say. You want God on you? I'll tell you how to get God on you. He listened. Boy, this gets to me every time I think about it. I've got a jack. We have big mares. We breed and we, I raise mules. I like that old-timey stuff. But the only attribute, the only characteristic that you can really notice, I mean, when you breed a jack to a mare and you get a mule colt, it comes on this earth, its legs looks like a horse. It's boned up like a horse, except its withers are a little bit smaller. I mean, its tail looks like a horse's tail. Its neck looks like a horse's neck. Its mane will grow like a horse's mane. Its head and, and, and its eyes and nose looks just like a horse's nose. The only characteristic that sets it apart as an offspring of a jack is them ears. And you know why, young people? Because the effectiveness of the servant is contingent upon the voice of the master. Why, why did he give? What did he give such as the effectiveness of the servant is contingent upon the voice of the master? Why, why, why would he put an ear on an animal that large? Because he needed to know what wool meant. And listen to me. 
He said, you're going to find that donkey where two ways meet. And he's going to have to go ye or ho. Every one of you tonight are where two ways meet. You're either going to go ye or ho. You're going to go God's way, the old way. Jeremiah 6, 16, stands in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where's the good way? And walk therein. I had to shout. I rest for you. So you going to go ye or you going to go all? My son, I just quit. Man, I can't even give you all that. It's a unique voice. It's a unique voice. I've got a pair of mules, Maggie and Molly. You ought to see Brother, Brother Mark up there trying to drive in mules. I mean, now Mark thinks he's country till you hit your fire mules. His country's just, you know, yellow and green. Say amen. Troy was out there disking the field. We put in about five acres of corn feeding some sows. And he was disking that field and them mules was getting tired. And they got to the end of the road and he's disking that field. Got a double disc behind him, big old mules, but he's pulling that double disc. And they got down there and they was blowing and they was tired. He said... Get up here. Maggie, get up here. Molly, get up here. They just stand there. Had their heads down. He said, get up here. He said, I said, get up here. He shook the lines at them. He said, get up. And the minute I heard him say, Daddy. I was in the barn. I stepped out of the barn. I was as far as from here to that gymnasium, Bill, at that fellowship hall. And I said, get up, Molly. Yeah. So when I said it, they, 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 they popped their braces. Their heads come up four, in, four foot. They look like a Tennessee walking horse coming up through there. <laughs> they was wearing them bridles, shaking them ears. They come around there. He didn't have to, they, they, it was on automatic pilot. He didn't have to have the lines. They just yeed around there and went to the end of that row. I'm talking about they plowed four furs before you could say, whoa. You know why? Because they recognize my voice. Let me say to you tonight, if you're saved, you're going to know God. Oh, I just don't know what God wants me to do, then you're not listening because the Master will reveal His will to the servant. That's, that's, that, all that is, all that is is a bunch of psycho babble. That's a bunch of you don't want to do nothing for God. Hey, my sheep hear my voice. They'll hear my voice and they know me and another they will not follow. It's an undeniable voice. Can I say something and not scare y'all and I don't want to act super spiritual? And I, some of you preachers might understand it. Some of you young people may even be where I was. I honestly felt the call to preach before I got saved. Now, please don't call me a heretic and don't let this just, can y'all, can I be friends with y'all just a minute? And one reason I didn't get saved till later on when I could have got saved when I was eight or ten was because I thought that I'd have to start preaching right then. And I said, Lord God, I can't even read. Everybody okay? Now, don't let that scare you. I'm not, that's not, not, that's not some sacrilegious something. But I was hearing a voice that was calling me. And since I got saved, this got real loud and clear. You say, I don't believe in that. Well, what about Peter and them on that seashore before they ever met? First voice they ever heard of Jesus was, follow me! And I'll make you fishers of men. I wonder what they thought. I ain't even saved yet. It, it's scriptural. See, I had to kink y'all because some of y'all, I, I just doubt he's called them. Well, see, I know a little more about the Bible than you think I do. Is everybody okay? He's going to make them fishers of men. 
They, hey, look at me. It's an undeniable call. When God starts speaking, you'll know Him. Unique call, undeniable call. Can I say this? His call was was an unheard call. Not everybody hears him. He listened. There's some that's so, so blinded from the world that they don't hear. Can I give you one more thought we through? You want God on you? Boy, I want God on me. That donkey was lowly. Pride come for destruction, the Holy Spirit before fall. He was humble. Help me just a minute, son. I want you to be my donkey. I want you to get out here on all fours. Don't be braying. Don't kick and don't bite me. Turn around sideways. Come here. Whoop. Easy right there. Back up a little. Oh. Oh, now. Hold. Stand still. Bible said when they brought that donkey down there, let's just imagine he was a red sorrel. Had on, I mean, big white circles around his eyes, white nose, white under his belly, red sorrel. Pretty red sorrel donkey. He pretty red. Look at him. He's red sorrel. Said when they brought him up there, they went and got a set of harness. That may be in the NIV, but it ain't in the King James. They didn't get a set of harness with brass knobs on them, big hame housings with his name on the side, tassels hanging on the side of the bridles, brass all over the leather. When they got him up there, they didn't go get him a saddle with chrome all over the saddle. Help me! But they got people clothes. They got people clothes. They got people clothes. They covered him up with people. They didn't cover it up with harness. They didn't give him a good saddle and a bridle. They gave him people. They covered him up with people clothes. You know what God was signifying? I'm going to use people to exalt me. Amen. And they covered him up. They couldn't see the donkey because it wasn't about the donkey. It was about the deity. Can y'all hear him now? Now wait a minute, you covering up my, I'm red sorrow. I'm red sorrow. Look at my, I got a set of harness in the barn. No, they covered him up. They covered him up. He was lowly. Tonight, you're going to have to get lowly. I'm not, I don't have time to develop it, but you find people that God got on, you find their posture. You ought to study the posture of people God got on. You ought to just study the physical posture of people that God got on. God, God very seldom got on anybody that wouldn't find their self on their knees. God very seldom got on anybody that couldn't get their way to the floor. They got on the floor. They got on their knees. Humbled. Amen. Lowly. Tonight I want to ask you something. Heads are bowed. How many really want God on you?